When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, so the Edmonton Oil Kings trying to snap that 11-game losing streak. They're up one nothing in Swift Current after the first period. NHL tonight, only one game going on at the moment. Capitals 2, Bruins 1, early second period. Wild and Flames start in an hour. Colorado and Los Angeles start in an hour and a half. The Raptors taking it to the Celtics tonight, up 72-55, three minutes into the second half. The Oilers and Coyotes hooking up for a trade today. Minor leaguers, former Oil Kings, Mitch Moraz goes to uh, Arizona, so he'll join Tucson. He's getting over minor knee surgery from about a month ago. Henrik Samuelson, who uh, is competitive, he has some skill, has good hockey sense, but talking to some people who follow the AHL, Needs to work on his skating, and we know how the game keeps getting faster, faster, and faster. Ken Hitchcock today fired as coach of the St. Louis Blues, and uh, Marcel Young re-signed with the Edmonton Eskimos through 2019. Their secondary uh, struggled at times last year, but uh, the team decides that he will be sticking around. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 7.07. My name is Reed Wilkins. Pleased to be joined by Kevin Carius from the sports department over at Global Television. Hello, Kevin. Hey, Rito. Good to be here again. Yeah, good to talk to you. Just had uh, Chuba Hubbard on the show. I know a young man you have profiled on uh, Global. And uh, what? how did he describe it? It was the verbal commitment before to Oklahoma State, the actual letter of intent today. We had a Darius Bowman come on and surprise him during the interview. We're going we're mm-hmm. to put that online ASAP as well. That was really cool. What an, what an opportunity for this young man. I mean, he's going to a big-time uh, big football school. And he's deserved it. Like I mean, he has worked exceptionally hard at uh, all disciplines. I mean, I actually watched the last football game he would have played here. We went to uh, a friend of mine went. Uh, we went and watched the uh, uh, North final, I guess, against against Red Deer before uh, Beth Facey went on to the provincial championship in uh, Calgary. But he's playing both sides of the ball. He works extremely hard at, uh, you know, he was a cornerback and they wouldn't even throw near him because he blanket coverage. And then of course he ran the ball a lot and he didn't run the ball a lot in that first half in that game, but he has worked so hard on his football skills and his track and field skills. Uh, we, I did a story with him in the summer at uh, Footfield uh, at the uh, track and field championship. Uh, he was trying to break the Alberta record for the 100 meters. He fell a little bit short, but um, talked to his parents that day, both of them, and uh, we just did a story on him today again. With uh, his mom was down there, Candice, and I mean, uh, full marks. That I just, I hope everything works out. I know there have been comparisons to him um, with Ruben Mays out of North Battleford, but that's a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, Ruben Mays was. Uh, 
he tore it up in Saskatchewan, as you know, in North Battleford for uh, several years in high school and then went down uh, to Washington and was an exceptional running back before he turned pro with New Orleans. So uh, that's a long ways away for Chuba Hubbard. He's got way more work ahead of him than what he's, he's even done right now. But uh, he's definitely got the talent and he has the attitude. And if he can continue on the path that... Uh, that uh, he's already started. I mean, uh, you know what? Uh, the sky's the limit for this young man. It's a pre- it's a pretty exciting opportunity, and I, d- I didn't even get as much into into the track aspect mm-hmm. of it. But it, I mean, you mentioned he sprints one hundred and two hundred. I mean, ten point five five seconds in, in the hundred. I mean, that's pretty pretty incredible. Oh, Light twelve. Fast. Yeah. So so that's pretty cool. And. But we had a Darius Bowman came on and, and kind of surprised him a bit because Darius played for Oklahoma State and he really stressed, you know, use the tutors. There's a big tutoring center there. Go get help. You know, if you're done class or practice early, go go study. And a Darius even mentioned during the interview, I wasn't always the most focused guy, mm-hmm. and even earlier in his CFL career. And that's that's so much what they're looking for too, right? Coaches, they're recruiting the person as much as they're recruiting the player. Well, and I, I think his his marks are pretty good. Uh, I think he's a, an intellectual young man that can handle that. But, uh, you know, Darius would know that it, when you go to a place like that, all of a sudden you're a little wide-eyed. Right. And, you, never, you know, you can get off track a little bit. But, as he said, there's... Uh, pieces in place to help you along and i'm sure he'll use that yeah it's 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 pretty cool to see a, a, a local kid bev face get that get such a cool opportunity because that's not something you would necessarily well, associate edmonton with well right? but a the guy. thing is too we we have so many great young athletes in edmonton i mean look at all the the young great basketball players that have gone on both uh, female and male that have gone on to NCAA and and played exceptionally well. The Plouffe sisters, Adut Bulgak. Uh, you know, we've got so many great players that have come through the ranks in our high schools. It's a, it's really some hidden gems out there that people probably should give a little more attention to, even us in the media. Well, I think you're right, and I think I, I think the can. Okay, let me let me ask you this. Maybe you don't agree. I think the Canadian landscape is changing. Hockey still gets the most attention. I understand it. I, I don't know if that's ever going to change. I think it's changing now. I, I think it's changing, but I think hockey's always going to be a comfortable number one. But uh, but I do think we've seen, even if you want to look at you know Mike Weir, and now we got five or six Canadians on, on the tour. You mentioned the Plouffe sisters. We've both interviewed Jen Kish. Mm-hmm. She just rejoined the Canadian women's rugby sevens team after getting over the neck injury. There, there's there's more going on, and and I think it's great that we can be a more diverse sports nation in general. I remember talking to Craig Forrest once, the Canadian yeah. soccer goalkeeper, who arguably is one of the greatest Canadian male soccer players. He might be number one because mm-hmm. he played in the Premier League, right? And he said, you know, Sweden is a comparable country to uh, Canada in terms of climate and size, population. And he said, you know, they've had the Stefan Edbergs and the Annika Sorenstams, you know, that have reached the top, top, top. And he's, he always kind of said, why can't why can't Canada do that? Maybe we are starting to get there. I think we are, for sure. And I mean, I think there are a lot more football players out there that are on the cusp of, uh, you know, turning that corner. And then you're going to have Blake Dermott on here. I mean... Uh, Chuba Hubbard's a perfect example. Started in a younger, you know, in the peewee bantam and then, you know, grew into the high school football. And I mean, those programs that are in place right now in Edmonton that have all the young kids 
there's some great programs and some great teams, good coaches, and that's where the kids got to start. Well, and you 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 nailed it. The the coaching, right? And I think there were a lot of sports in this country when they were in their infancy. It was like, okay, we're going to start a basketball club just to pick basketball, for example. Well, the dads did. The moms and dads didn't play basketball, so they're they're learning it at the same time the kids are learning. Well, now you get two, three generations deep into it, and you got guys who played, who are now coaches. Maybe they played CIS. Maybe they, I mean, look look at all the former Golden Bears that now coach. Whether you want to talk about the Stanleys or the or the Youngs or guys like that, mm-hmm. right? Well, and that's the whole thing. It just, uh, I mean, those those guys learned from you know guys like Don Horwood and stuff like that, and all these younger guys now are taking over and and using their knowledge that they learned in years past and passing it on to this next generation. And I think with the training and um, all the things that are out there, as far as um, the abilities to go to camps and start younger, like basketball, Alberta is a great example. Now these kids are in the, you know, they're going to camps and they're, there's under 14 teams, there's under 16 teams, and all these kids have the opportunity to increase their skill level at such a young age where before they probably didn't have that opportunity as much as they do now. And that's why I believe in pretty well all sports, uh, we're churning out a lot more and better players. Man, Juba Hubbard turned us into a uh, wide-reaching conversation mm-hmm. about the uh, nature of sports in, in, uh, in Edmonton across the country. But but all the best to him. Um, I, I mean, you've been covering, you've been in Edmonton almost 20, 20 year, years. Almost how, many, 19, yeah. how many, off the top of your head, how That's many it. NCAA football oh, scholarships? Not, that's about it. I mean, I can't... I, I can't... Nothing NCAA in the sense where it's a, a high-profile college. Right. And a team that, uh, you know, is in a bowl game. Let's say, for instance, like right. Oklahoma State was, right? And uh, a team that gets national coverage down there and a team that um, is widely considered, you know, I don't know if you want to say if they're in the top, well, I don't know what, 20 football programs. Yeah, but they're one of the say. sexier yeah. names in college football, yeah. right? Whether, you know, I mean. Well, it's when you go down and you're, you're, if you're playing there, you're playing where you're, you know, you're going like to Ohio State where it's the number one Scout, game in town. Are watch. It's the number one game in town. And and now he, he's in a, a medium right now with his athletics and football where, I mean, he's going to be really uh, in, in a position to succeed because of, of the opportunities presented to himself. Kevin Karras in studio. Uh, and as you mentioned, Blake Dermott's going to jump on with us more just from the standpoint of Super Bowl week. Mm-hmm. Blake went through Great Cup week as a player, the the, the preparation and all that kind of uh, fun stuff. Uh, when we get back, an Edmontonian got fired today, Ken Hitchcock. Yes. We'll talk about that inside sports on 630 Chet. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Reed Wilkins, Kevin Carius, Inside Sports. Oilers tomorrow against the Predators. 4.30 face-off show here on 6.30, Ched. And the uh, game will start at 6. Uh, Kevin, Ken Hitchcock was fired today. Yeah. 
worst save percentage in the NHL at 887. They uh, didn't keep Brian Elliott. They kept Jake Allen, who I think probably will be a good goaltender, but he's not playing like one this season. I mean, tough day for Ken, who uh, has never... Oh, I mean, it's always great when he comes back to town. So proud of Edmonton. He was with yeah. Sports Central, kind of handed that over to Todd a little bit. But, uh, yeah, didn't I'm work out. I'm surprised that the Blues haven't gone after Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, there's the guy out there, right, when you think about it, with the expansion draft coming up with Las Vegas. He's the number one guy that is out there and is an established goaltender. And I just kind of wonder why they haven't been able to... Even like there's not even a rumor out there. Yeah, but the then Blues you're not. But you're not going to protect Flurry and let Allen dangle. Why not? If well, you can get Mark Andre no. Flurry and it fits for your hockey club, uh, whatever you're going to give up for him, and you're going to keep Mark Andre Flurry for what another three, four, five years? Yeah, I don't know. I just think that. I mean, they're, they've committed to Allen. So yeah, they've committed to Allen, and they send him on a mental health break before the All-Star break. That's scary for a team. When a team looks at that and says, our goaltender is getting a mental break, you have no confidence in that guy. Well, true, but I think, what's Jake Allen's? So he's 26. How old is Flurry now? Flurry would be what? He's got to be 34. Because he was uh, oh four, he was he's thirty two. Yeah, okay, so let's just say he's got four more years. Okay, but I'm going to work with the I'm going to work with the twenty six year old, not the thirty two year old. I think the window in St. Louis is now though. I think the window in St. Louis has closed. Oh, I don't know about that. They still have some pretty decent players. They're not as good as they were. Okay, well, right. And Armstrong took responsibility today well, in, in that clip. I mean, look. Okay, let's even look at it from this perspective. They have two players who play for them that weren't good enough to play for some of the worst Oilers teams in franchise history. Nail Yakupov and Magnus Piarvi. Yeah, and they aren't really doing it. And they lost anyway. Brower and they lost Bacchus and they didn't play. I mean, St. Louis yeah. is not the same. They're not, but they still have a pretty darn good team. They have. They, they, have, now they, have they are a playoff team. team. They now have an average They team. are a playoff team. At the moment. Okay. They got the second spot. Yeah. So, and that is with an 8-8-7 eight, eight, Save percentage, as you say. True. So let's just up that to nine ten. Well, then they probably have six more wins. Okay. Well, now they're a very good team, aren't they? Right. But I. But but if I'm looking at Armstrong's situation, I'm not thinking. Okay, I'm going to acquire Mark Andre Fleury and let Jake Allen go for nothing. I mean, if you were going to do that move, then you would trade Jake Allen. You wouldn't go to the expansion. Well, figure draft out what you're doing, whatever it is. But what I'm saying is that Mark Andre Fleury in my mind, is a fit for St. Louis. All right. I, I would st- I, I personally, I would stick with Allen, but I understand what you're saying. You, like, but you go- must like that 887. No, I don't, I don't like it at all, but I, I still like his potential. Well, I don't... I mean, potential is one thing, but I like... I, Marc-Andre Fleury is hands down a better goaltender than Jake Allen. Well, yeah, when they were both 26... Right now, he's a better goaltender than Jake. Well, okay, sure. Arguably, everybody in the league's a better goaltender okay, than well, Jake. Better except for maybe the guys in Winnipeg and Dallas might be a, might okay. debate that or Colorado for that matter. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I honestly, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I didn't expect you to bring that up. But, but well, honestly, you, like, but you said eight eighty seven <laughs> save percentage. Yes, that's the number. That is the number one reason why. Oh, sure, St. it's not Louis Hitch. is where it is right now. It's not Hitch. Yeah. 
No. And the other thing, too, I, I think Hitch, when he signed the one-year deal and said this was his last year. Well, he knew something. Uh, I mean, he put himself in this position for him to be let go. I mean, Fleury's at 904, which is better than 887, but is also below the league average, too. Okay. So he's how many? how much of that problem does he solve if he comes in and plays like that? Depending on what you'd have to give up for him, you know, I think he's a good fit for St. Louis. All right. Uh, 724 Inside Sports on 630. How well do you know Hitch? Uh, I I wouldn't say we're like best buddies or anything. Uh, When you kind of said what kind of stories about Hitch, well, every time that Ken Hitchcock would come to town, uh, this goes back a number of years, even before he got to St. Louis. One, I, I would always ask him about Claire Drake not being in the Hockey Hall of Fame. And Ken Hitchcock has been probably the biggest supporter of Claire Drake getting in. And I think he's the guy that has tried vehemently to get other people on board. Mike Babcock has probably come, you know, he's come on and probably been the number two guy after Hitch who's tried and tried and tried to knock some sense into these guys at the Hockey Hall of Fame to get Claire Drake in there. But uh, I think even the last, I think I asked him two years ago because you were down there. I remember you because we kind of were the last guys in the scrum because I don't like to kind of hang around because I was doing a separate thing and I didn't want to ask him a bunch of stuff that was irrelevant to what I was Mm -hmm. doing. But you kind of hung in there in the scrum at the end. And you could almost see the frustration on his face and in his voice because this has gone on so long and too long. And he gets tired of ask, answering the same questions about why Claire Drake isn't in the Hall of Fame. And so that would be my story with Ken Hitchcock and um, how he has just tried and tried to kind of get the wheels in motion and, uh, to get Claire Drake into the Hockey Hall of Fame. I remember that, and that's you're right. I mean, it, it, no, Ken's going to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yes, I would he is. Think, he and, will and, be. And, and Claire might not be. Um, and I wonder if he, I mean, people are always like, well, is Ken going to go to Vegas? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know if that's something. I mean, you got wanted. almost no expectations no. for the first couple of years, but I don't know if that's what he wants, though. I don't know if it is either, but, you know, he could get into some sort of a different position with hockey, too. Advisor, or consultant, something like, something like that, that but, yeah. You know. We're coming up to the 7.30 news. Kevin Carrius is in studio. We'll be joined by our Eskimos analyst, Blake Dermott. We'll uh, chat a little uh, football, what the uh, Falcons and Patriots are going through, getting ready for the big game. Oh, we're going to do predictions. Oh. Guaranteed to be correct predictions. Never fail. Empty your bank account and bet on what Kevin and I are going to tell you. prop bets out too or what? I'm surprised you don't have a list. Oh, I do have a list in my folder. Oh, okay. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Here's what's going on. 2-2 now, the Bruins and the Capitals. Oh, Brad Marchand, both goals. He's up to 23 on the season. <laughs> Jeez. So apparently, it's what he's done is technically not a, a slew foot, foot because he hasn't also grabbed the guy. Sorry, I just kicked you. Yeah. I grabbed the guy and pushed him backwards. Oh. You know what's funny? I always, I, when I first started hosting the show, I was I probably was a 
use some language I shouldn't, but I actually called Brad Marchand a little puke. Yeah. And then the last couple of years seemed to focus and play he a little did, more. He did come back yeah. and not do stupid stuff, but now in the last, what, month or two weeks, he's done two bad ones, yeah. really. And, and there, it's not, and know? that's not tough. So last hot. night, uh, yeah, last night, right? Uh, yeah, so he. Last night was the Tampa the St- Bay one. Strelman, right? Yeah. So last night, after he, he came out after his next shift, and I was watching the game, and two guys went after him. Mm-hmm. And they they were trying to give him a shot. And they both ran out of position, both defensemen, and was a forward on the one side of the boards, half boards, and ended up scoring like 10 seconds later. Yeah. So, I mean, he... Guess it worked. Yeah. That's what he's going to say, right? But, uh, yeah. Uh, a couple other games coming on later tonight, including the Wild and the Flames. The Oil Kings now losing to Swift Current 2-1 late in the second period. Man, the Oil Kings have lost 11 straight. Raptors up 87-80 on Boston. Start of the, uh, or pardon me, uh, now 89-82 into the fourth quarter. So Boston has closed the gap there a little bit. The Oilers trade Mitch Moraz to the Arizona organization for Henrik Samuelson. Two guys who played together as Oil Kings, and they won the 2014 Memorial Cup. Boy, Samuelson was was great that year. He was good. Looked like 95 and, points. And Mitch Moraz was had a good. Well, they were both good. You know, but they were yeah. big, big, strong guys that really, you know, were able to cycle down low. And they, for whatever reason, um, neither of them they've had injuries too, but have not been able to translate their game to the pro level, even at the AHL. Yeah, like well, they're not I, even they are borderline AHL players right now. Well, you you were probably uh, on air when I was talking about this earlier. You know, and I I talked to some people who've been watching Samus and it's, yeah. it's skating. Yeah, you know, and I know he's got some other. Good attributes, and he's competitive. But you know, you gotta be you gotta be able to move. Mm-hmm. One guy who was as quick as lightning in his day in the Canadian Football League, our Eskimos analyst Blake Dermott. Blake, you're on with Kevin and Reed tonight. Oh. Quick as lightning. I would have loved to see you, like chase those chickens around in the coop like Rocky did. <laughs> oh, would have been lightning quick, right? I don't know if I could have bent down low enough to grab one. <laughs> hey, we were talking about Brad Marchand there, uh, slew footing guys in hockey. What's what's the what's the dirty thing or something that uh, that really bothered you as a player? Because a lot goes in football, but what was over the line when in your mind? Well. You know, and I, I played I played hockey up to junior, and 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 slow footing was by far I thought the uh, the worst thing that you could do to somebody. Um, and in football, um, there's just you know what there there's so many times that you can you can do something to a player, and and there's so many ways to get them back. And it, it, much the same as in hockey, you, you guys were just talking about you know two guys went after Marshawn, but they gave up a goal. So you had to really be careful how to pick your shots. And uh, I remember a guy named James Curry was one of the dirtiest yeah. defensive linemen. He was one of those guys who would grab wrists and bend arms and you know try to dislocate elbows and stuff like that. And and in piles would poke guys in eyes and stuff. And, and James Curry went on to be uh, one of the color guys for uh, the, the Canadian Football League. Mm-hmm. But I also remember Conridge Holloway, a quarterback, peeling back on a on a on a play and taking his knee out and ending his career. So. <laughs> You know, yeah. there's there's ways guys can do it, and and it was a legal block at that time. So, you, uh, I, I I don't know if I, uh, I think the worst thing that I ever had happen to me, um, which was completely legal, it's the old ear hole block, and they've they've sort of made that they've made that a, a, a something that is the illegal tourist the tourist hit they call it now. Yeah, yeah, and um, it, it it was one of those things where 
you don't see it coming. It's going to happen to everybody that ever plays a game. One of the best things that ever, uh, Eddie Lowe, uh, linebacker, all-star linebacker, great linebacker, played for Saskatchewan, not a real big guy, and I was on, you know, I was like a slow-moving target. I was a long snapper running downfield, so, so uh, I, I, you know, wasn't gonna, uh, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't much of a threat to, to make any tackles, and I was running down towards the uh, returner, and he started to run to my right, and just as he, I started to go to my right, I, I heard this look out screaming at me and I, I was able to see about three feet from my face was Eddie Lowe coming in to hit me <laughs> and just the fact that he gave me that much of a uh, uh, a warning allowed me to, to be able to tense up and, and, and not get you know not get really injured and uh, I thought that was one of the classiest things that he that someone ever did in the league you know he he had a chance to absolutely you know put me out of the game and uh, he you know when I was laying on the ground and the, the hit still looked spectacular and the crowd was like ooh you know and and as I was laying there, I said, Jesus, thanks. <laughs> he goes, hey, it's a rough enough game. We don't have to beat each other up. <laughs> so I was always appreciative of that move. He was old number 42, wasn't he? Number Eddie? 42, that's yeah. right. Yeah, he was a good football player. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the interesting thing about, about football, though, is how often guys get contact that they they don't see coming or 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 don't expect. I mean, you know, a ball carrier. Okay, I got to beat these two guys. Oh, the guy from behind drilled me in the back. And, and the stuff that happens on the line, Blake, where you're engaged with another guy and you get hit, and sometimes even unintentionally from the side or from the back, right? Yeah, uh, um, there was a few guys that I played with that were fantastic at it, and and uh, and really tough, hard nosed players. But again. It's 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 uh, ironic that those guys that played that way didn't have long careers, and one of them was Blake Marshall. Blake Marshall was a guy that uh, we used to give out awards uh, a bone a bone T-shirt, which was a uh, a T-shirt that was for the big hit in the game, and uh, and we'd give out two every every game, and so this is for the whole team. So every player on offense and defense, special teams, had an opportunity to get these shirts. At the end of the season, Blake Marshall had 16 shirts <laughs> out of 18 games. <laughs> out of, uh, yeah, out of 18 games. Yeah, he had he he, vir- he almost had a shirt from every team, and uh, and then the rest of the shirts were divided out uh, up amongst other players, and and uh, and he and a lot of those were the kind of I, I remember one time blocking um, uh, Stuart Hill when he was in Saskatchewan, and I had him right in front of me, and then all of a sudden he wasn't there anymore, and. Uh, you know, from because he, he Blake had hit him from the side, like he, he he caught a piece of his shoulder and he just absolutely erased him from in front of me. And those were the kinds of things that defensive players used to watch for. And they hit him a little bit harder, or they brought him to the ground a little bit harder and twisted. And so, so I mean, you know, you live by the sword, you die mm-hmm. by the sword. And Blake only had a career that lasted about five or six years. Uh, how much did word spread around the league? Like, say, with a, a dirty player or something like that? You mentioned a couple of guys, but. I mean, all the games when you were playing, I don't think every game was on TV. You probably had game film of every team or every game. But um, how much did the word spread around about, hey, you got to watch out for this guy, et cetera? Well, it's funny. There was, uh, you know, you, it, you have an awful lot of guys that played for different teams. And, you know, guys that you went to university with that you know you keep in touch with, that maybe play for other teams. But, I mean, it could happen as early as, uh, like, in the middle of a game. I remember when Jeff Braswell first came into the league with BC. And uh, we were watching all of his antics on film. We were playing BC, and uh, I was walking. I was out early with the spe- uh, special teams snapping the ball, and uh, the offensive line for the BC Lions was walking around. And 
offensive linemen are a special breed. It doesn't matter where they go, you know, they, they, they just sort of fit in. They, as long as they got a beer and, a, and you know, maybe a cigar, <laughs> this matter, you can pull them out of one team, put them with another team, yeah. and they'll, they'll, they'll fit in. And it's like they've known each other for years. So their whole group was walking around, and Leo Blanchard was playing with BC at that time. And, uh, and, and then Ian Sinclair and that J- uh, Jim Mills, and I, I can't remember who it was, but there was like all five of their starting guys walking around. And I just happened on the sidelines. I said hi to them, and, and uh, they came over and said, you tell your guys that if you take Braswell out, we will each pay you <laughs> amount of money. <laughs> they had a bounty on their own <laughs> player's head. That's incredible. Wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> like, again, because he was one of these guys who was getting in fights with his teammates, and he was a lousy teammate, and at the end of that year, he was traded, and of course, uh, Joe Fergelli decided it would be good if he was an Eskimo. And... Uh, and that lasted for about a year, uh, two years, and then we got rid of him, and he went to Toronto, and you know he was just one, you know, bad piece of cancer. Uh, and that you know, wherever he went, uh, and wherever he went, players he played with felt the same way. So wow. you know, it, it just it was one of those things where you know you, you police your own, and and you you asked about you know around the league how uh, people hear about those things. Well, they hear about them, and it could be as much as right before a game. So. That's incredible. Bounty on your own guy. <laughs> yeah. you know, that's uh, there. There's an HR complaint waiting Tim to happen. Tim Doctor Hook McCracken. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you know, and, and in that game, um, Tracy Ham got thrown out of the game because uh, in a pile, Braswell was poking poked his finger into his eye, and Tracy kicked out his foot, and he got thrown out for kicking. And then, as Braswell was scurrying away like a rat, uh, I went over to him and grabbed him, and he turned around and kicked me uh, right in front of his own bench. Uh, well, of course, like an idiot, I'm starting a brawl in front of their bench. <laughs> and so I was immediately mobbed by guys. And But the funny thing was, no one was punching me. They just said, don't worry, we'll get them. And these were his own players. And so the next game, the league didn't suspend him because it wasn't on film, but the BC Lions suspended him for a game or possibly two games. I can't remember. Oh, for, for, popular you know. dude. Oh, yeah, he was something else. But. <laughs> <laughs> Blake Dermott joining us on Inside Sports. Reed Wilkins and Kevin Curious in studio. Uh, Blake, we got the Super Bowl coming up on uh, on, on Sunday. Uh, th- this is an interesting... To me, I, I always wonder what's going through players and coaches' heads at this time of year because I know the cliche is treat it like every other football game, but you're there early and you're doing more interviews and you probably have family and friends wanting to come to the game. I mean, you went through this as a player for Grey Cup Week. Uh, is it is it different? Is it distracting? What are the Falcons and the Patriots going through? Well, it is. Uh, it's impossible to treat it like any other game because it, there's no other game that's like this. Now, when you get to a championship game, uh, first of all, you're the only two teams playing anymore, so there's nobody. Nobody uh, is talking about anybody else but your two teams. Uh, all the media from every other city that would have been split up covering. The other teams is all going to be focused on your your game. So, so the 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 media coverage is probably tenfold. Um, you know, it's it's maybe even larger than that. It, uh, and 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 then also the demands on your time. Um, you know, here you're you're supposed to be the largest game of your life. The chance you may not get there. Uh, uh, you know, ever again. The chances are really strong. You'll never get there again, unless of course you're a New England Patriot. Then you, so you you really want to focus, and you don't want to ever you know be stuck in a situation where you lost the game, and you feel like you could have done something more. So, so you you have this uh, uh, this desire to be really focused, and and uh, 
and aware of everything that's going on, yet your demands are in, on your time, you're being pulled in all different kinds of directions. So, so it's how you manage that, and teams, uh, the teams that manage that, and, you know, they talk about experience. I think it's important to have so much more experience because you just sort of, so many guys will just walk around, young guys will walk around with their heads in the sky, and, and you know, it's a little different in the, in the, uh, in the States because so many, there's so many bowl games and there's so many things that college players, so there's an awful lot of guys, and they, they get to the Super Bowl, they may never been, never been to a Super Bowl before, but they've been in big games, they've played in national championship games, they've done, you know, Fiesta Bowls and stuff like that, where where they they've got a taste and a little bit of practice on how to deal with this kind of thing. But uh, but it is it is just staggering. Uh, and uh, you know when we asked about you know I was in five Grey Cups and in the last one I came out of retirement to play in, and it was the only one that I actually ever went to any events and enjoyed myself. The rest of the time I pretty much was at practice at meetings, wherever we had to go, then back to my room reading my book, playing solitaire, doing whatever I could to, to not get involved with the distractions. And our families came in, they, so we had one night for that, but the rest of the time was just focus, focus, focus. And, and uh, um, I think that that's what an awful lot of those players are going through now. I got a technical question for you, Blake, about uh, how the New England defense is going to kind of look at uh, Julio Jones for Atlanta. Now, Butler's probably the best cover guy that uh, New England has. But Bill Belichick, historically, he kind of, on the team's opposition team's best player, will run a bracket coverage and usually use two guys. And what do you think that they'll do more of that? Is that what Julio Jones is going to see more with uh, two guys in a bracket, one guy low, one guy high, depending on where Jones lines up, instead of having Butler kind of go on one-on-one with him at any, any point of the game? Yeah, um, well, I, I think that if... Um if the uh, New England Patriots settled into that kind of coverage, I think Matt Ryan will torch them. Matt Ryan and, and Julio Jones will torch them. I think there's going to have to be a number of combinations. That bracketing could come from a linebacker and through through a safety. It could come from a cor- corner and a safety. There's going to be there's going to be different ways to 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 be able to to cover that guy. At least have two players on him. Um, but you know what? If if they if the uh, Patriots do that, then they open themselves up for uh, something else. You know because here, Atlanta's uh, not a slouch. I mean, this is a team that uh, the, the top offense, you know, uh, in the league, and, and Patriots, uh, the top pass defense, where the Patriots only give up less than 16 points a game, something like that, and that's with, with Tom Brady missing, you know, four games. Uh, they, they, this is going to be a heck of a matchup. I, I, one of the things that I, I'm, I've been a Patriots fan my whole life. Um, I was at the last Super Bowl, one of the most beautiful things, watching the, the Patriots beat the uh, Seattle Seahawks. It was great, um, and, and I just—I I really, truly believe that I, I got this feeling about old guys in that quarterbacking position this year. Uh, I, I, I called it with uh, Henry Burris. I got a feeling that, uh, that uh, Tom Brady's got at least one more in him, and the way he's been playing, and and Matt—not taking anything away from Matt Ryan—you uh, know they're going to do what they can to get the ball to Julio Jones. But if that's their number one concentration, then then Belichick's already won the game. All right, Blake, uh, Kevin and I will do our picks uh, after the upcoming commercial. So give us your prediction, uh, the score, not just who wins. Give us the score. Well, I think it's going to be really close. And uh, I think, uh, you know, it's going to be somewhere, uh, let's say, I, I, I want to say 28-24 uh, for the Pats. Okay. 
All right. Well, that's the score I got correct with the uh, New England over Seattle game a couple of years ago. And I'm a Seahawks fan, but I picked New England and was unfortunately right. Uh, Blake, you're a teammate that I would never put a bounty out on. And and you know when I watch a Super Bowl or any game, as long as they don't throw short passes to stationary receivers, you know I'm fine, right? So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Blake, good, always good to have you on the show, buddy. Thanks. See you, buddy. All right, guys. Yeah. Talk to you later. That's Blake Durr checking it. I, I didn't know that Braswell story, did you? No. No, he's got some wow. That's he's pretty got bad. stories. And like, he was a pretty good player from yeah, what I remember. Yeah, but Blake's got about a million of those. The Blake the Braswell Blake got mobbed by Braswell's teammates. Teammates, yeah. Not because they were defending Braswell. Because they didn't like him. They were just saying, Don't worry, we'll yeah, get him later. Yeah. You you know <laughs> Wow. All right. We gotta think about your pick. Okay. We're gonna do it. Maybe we'll get Kevin we'll let Kellen do a pick. Sure. Here. Yeah. Inside sports on Chet. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, before Kevin and I do our uh, guaranteed-to-be-correct Super Bowl picks, Boston has caught up in this game against the Raptors, by the way. It's now 96-95 Toronto with three and a half minutes left. Where was the Raptors? Were, I think when you pulled in, they, they were up 18. Or something, it, was a, yeah. it, was, it was quite a bit. So we'll keep an eye on that. Ovechkin with a late power play goal in the second period. Capitals lead the Bruins 3-2. They're going to the third. Wild and Flames, Avalanche and Kings about to face off. And the uh, Oil Kings, oh no, Kevin. 3-1. 3-1 man. Swift going to the third. Oh, going to be 12 in a row. going to be tough. a tough uh, last month. And yeah, I mean, Randy made the decision to trade yep. those guys, and they may have not made it anyway, but... Uh, Hard to say, tough, it, right? you know. I mean, some people said he should have done that last, last year. year. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. So tough and tough and junior, right? Because mm-hmm. you're so off. Well, it's such a cyclical yeah. league, right? You it know. was amazing. They were on top for three in a row, or near Absolutely. on top well, for yeah, three in exactly. a row. So that that was yeah. pretty impressive. Uh, the Oilers trade Mitch Moraz for Henrik Samuelson. Get more on the Oilers page on 630chad.com. The Eskimos re-signed a guy who I thought had struggled in the secondary the last couple of years, but he's back through 2019. That is Marcel Young. You can get more on that on the Eskimos page on 630Ched.com. Now, Young probably also would have looked better if John Ojo and Aaron Grimes had been uh, playing this year, but uh, one to the NFL, one was hurt. Yeah, and I mean, he was put in some situations where he probably wasn't ready for it. And um, But the, the three years, that's what a lot of people... That's you, a long time you know, in the you CFL. Exactly. Except for quarterbacks, right? Yeah, but, you know, it's just kind of... Well, you don't get a lot of three-year deals no. for for uh, yeah, DBs. And, a good price. Yeah. All right. So Blake's picking New England 28-24. Kellen, you're in on this too, buddy. So, uh, All right. Uh, we just sprung that on Kellen. Yeah. I am going to go, and I said this earlier, if I had just watched this NFL season and didn't know anything else about football, I would pick Atlanta. Okay. But I know Brady. I know the hoodie. I'll say New England 31-22. I'll pick kind of an unusual number for Atlanta just because. 31-22 New England. Okay. Uh, the over-under is 58 and a half, 58 you said? and a half. So I guess I took... Under. I took under, yeah. yeah. So I will go 30-28 to 28 New England. Ooh, that's a good one. So under. Under by a half under point. Under by a half point. Yeah. And Kellen Kennedy. 27-24 Atlanta Falcons. They got lightning in a bottle. All right. Well, Blake Dermott is as quick as lightning. So this was the lightning theme exactly. half hour of the show. What do you got on uh, Global Television tonight? We'll have a, a picture of Friends on Chuba, the show. Chuba Hubbard, is he signed? That's right. Yeah, no. Oh, it's Friends out there already. Yeah. We'll have uh, some high school basketball. Uh, St. FX taking on Jasper Place tonight. We'll nice. 
preview the Oilers as they get ready for Nashville tomorrow. And we have that game for you on Chet. 4.30 for the face-off show. The game starts at 6. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show, the studio producer this evening, Kellen Kennedy. Our guests, besides Kevin Carius and Blake Dermott, Adarius Bowman, Chuba Howard, and Kelly Rudy. Charles Adler tonight is up next. I'm Reed Wilkins. All the best. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.